I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow. I like beer. It helps me unwind, and sometimes it makes me feel mellow. Makes him feel mellow. Welcome to I Like Beer, the podcast, where we discuss great beers and the stories that go with them. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm your host, Jeff. And with us today, we got uh, Joe. Always a pleasure. Back gentlemen. in the studio, and uh, Mateo's back behind the glass. <laughs> I I get a little, was that a little aggressive? Right. Sorry, Joe. No, it just speaks to the level of producing I'm No, getting. no, no. And, and Mateo's back no, behind he's, the glass. He's, he's just Joe now. I miss, yeah. I miss Mateo. Yeah. I guess you're right. I didn't call him producer Joe. Joe, he's just Joe. Pick, he's, just your, my, he's just an average <laughs> Joe. Yeah, that's right. I'll do better, guys. I'll okay. do better. We're friends who love good beer and telling stories so we turned it into a podcast big day today too turtle adoption day so uh shout out to those turtles that found their forever homes today yeah, that's huge for them, them and yes. and the other one i don't know how you celebrate this but it is pins and needles day oh so i'm not really sure how, why it needed yeah. a day but it is today so uh for all of you that kind of had that feeling today like i'm sitting around on well, pin, i did i did, did at the have? animal shelter wondering if i was gonna get the turtle, turtle or not. There, yeah. maybe that's it maybe they that's go hand in hand so Come on. Big, yeah. big day today so Come on, Shelby. Yeah. <laughs> that was the only turtle name I could think of off that the top of my head. <laughs> Teachers by day, beer drinkers by night. Lucky enough to live in North County, San Diego. Beer Mecca within a beer Mecca. Please pour yourself a beer, pull up a bar stool, and join us. Hey, y'all. Coffee sucks, but I really like beer, and you should buy me a beer. <laughs> so you go to ilikebeerthepodcast.com and click on buy me a beer, and you can buy me a beer. Thanks. That's Buy me a beer. Click the link in the website. I like beer, the podcast.com. That helps us keep doing this. Much appreciated. I like beer, the podcast.com. Lots of winter swag. Yes. The beanies are back. Well, and the cold weather's coming. So that's good. Yeah. It's all going to, it's like the perfect storm. Yeah. It's all going to hit at the same point. These are the podcast days I live for. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I've been looking forward to this no, one. Right. It's no script or right. Yeah, no, no. Nothing. Just you have the, there's two guests that work this way. Yeah. Clayton at Epic. Clayton, how's it going? Sit back, drink his beer, and then 45 minutes later say, that's a wrap. And when we have our friend Dallas McLaughlin in studio. Welcome back, Dallas. Thank you. What a compliment. That's for having me well, back. Yeah, no problem. Well, it's great. He brings beer, and he brings very good <laughs> yeah. beer, number yeah, one. But right. then also, I so, like I, my thing is I like to prep on this is you send me, hey, listen to this. <laughs> oh, listen to some comedy? I was like, yeah, I, I can do that. That's great prep. Dallas, welcome back. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. I, cheers. Uh, I just want to know, I celebrated today by falling asleep on my hand. And, oh. uh, pins and needles. <laughs> pins and needles. There you go. Well done. So that's how you celebrate. I was wondering mm -hmm. okay. how you celebrate. Yeah, good crazy. enough. You have to be intentional. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good beer. That is a great beer. This yeah, is this a is fantastic beer. Pure Project, uh, Red Rocket, Ridge, Amber. I was doing a show at New Village Arts in Carlsbad. Uh, basically from like January, not even that. We were there from like this early December till the end of March. It was a super long week and they totally revamped the village from when I used yeah, to do right. shows there. Yeah. Sure, yeah. And Pure Project is across the oh. street from the theater. Yeah. And so I was like, oh man, this is just trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so like between shows, I would just go, my buddy Max Mackey and I would just go and we, we'd go to Pure Project and we'd try a new beer. Every time that it's like one of those places I have to go and I literally just go dealer's choice, like go yeah. to whatever you want to give me. And then, uh, you know, they usually will give you something cool or interesting and we, we tried every single beer at Pure Project at Carlsbad by the end of that run, and it was fantastic. They're super nice there. I really, really like Pure Project's non-IPA beers. They mm -hmm. make, this is their amber. They're, uh, they have a light, 
lager called Rove that I love. Just yes. easy drinking, uh, nice, crisp beers. I, I really like Pure Project a lot. We just had them in here talking about the, really the art and craft of what they do and yeah. why they do it. It was fascinating. Right before Sunday Beer Week. <laughs> we had a bunch of questions we never got to. Yeah, we were yeah, like, yeah. just keep telling us about your beer. Well, this, is, this one, Red Rock Ridge, I'd never had this one before, but this is this is what everything you look for in an Ambrail. It's perfect. Yeah. 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 We just went the other day, uh, maybe the last month we went uh, to a show, uh, saw a really light comedic show called Doubt. That's a joke. Uh, <laughs> have you ever seen Doubt, the yes. movie? Um, yeah, it was not a light show. But uh, we went beforehand and, and they had this and I had it. And so then I saw it at Barron's. Have you guys ever heard of Barron's? Oh, yeah. No. It's like a, it's like a supermarket. Uh, that's, you know, what is it? Yeah. Like a Trader Joe's? Yep. Oh, I have driven by a Barron's, yes, now that you mention that. They have a great beer selection. And so up where I live, Barron's, great beer. So they had this. And then I got another one, too, if you guys want it. We'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I know. So Dallas, yeah, self-description, you tell stories to drunks. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've read that recently, very recently, right before you came in. Uh, (laughs) 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 We've had you on before. You're a self-described humorist. Yeah. Which one of our listeners, uh, Travis, decided then he gets to be a beerist. Oh, that's As you described what a what a humorist is, uh, Travis Hudson over at the Brewers Tap Room said, "Well, then I'm a beerist," and we had no argument with that. That made sense to us. That's a fun time. But can you give a quick review? What does it mean to be a humorist? Because I thought that was a it it had to do with knowing the craft and art behind not just telling jokes, but being funny and being witty. Yeah. I mean, I think I just do so many different things and every one of them usually seem to be around comedy center around uh, having a, a fun time. So I don't like, you know, I'm not people are like, oh, you're a stand up, but I'm not a stand up. Uh, I don't do improv. Uh, I do some sketch. I write uh, scripts like I do storytelling. Everything I have revolves around kind of like having a nice time out. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, I, I this is funny, but I look at it like uh Gary Larson, uh, who made the far side. It's like, I don't know what you would call that, right? but I would call it humor. And so I look at Gary Larson, I'm like, that's a humorist. And I'm like, maybe that's what I am. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Or like Steve Martin, not that I'm as good as Steve Martin or anything, but I wouldn't say Steve Martin's an actor. I wouldn't say he's a standup. He's a humorist. So that's kind of where I fit myself in. And, uh, and I like it because, um, it makes me sound pretentious. <laughs> it's beautiful. It does make you sound pretentious, yeah, but once well you done, meet yeah. you, you do not come across uh, as pretentious, no, that's why even which must take with, a lot uh, of work. Yeah, just, just tell me about it. That's why this is when the beer we could tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, I do tell, I mean, I like to tell stories to drunks and before I love being in bars with people. They're my people. Uh, it's just how I've grown up <laughs> Irish Catholic, you know, and, uh, yeah. So it's, uh, it's, I even out the humorous part with, uh, I like to be around drunks. Yeah. <laughs> and the, I think you did tell the number one best moment in beer story ever told on this podcast, uh, that had nothing to do with beer. It yeah, had to do with abstinence and, and the, at the Blarney yeah. Stone. Remember yeah, that yeah, story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah, hands yeah, down yeah. the best moment in beer oh, story we've ever had. Yeah. It is beer adjacent. Yeah, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. There was that beer involved fair. at some point. That is true. <laughs> beer usually leads to these things. Yeah. It's, yeah. So last summer, we got to see you here at the Moonlight. We saw you perform. Stole that show, too. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, Stole that Christ show. Superstar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. well, fantastic. Hey, if I can get somebody to laugh at Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> oh, <it> was, <laughs> and you did, and, yeah, it, was, yeah, and it was needed. Save, save the show for me, because I, like I said, that was way darker than I wanted to go, and then you you uh, you stole the show for oh, me, so that was fantastic. So and my wife kept saying, is that him? 
Is that because she had heard the podcast? Yeah, but yeah. She, is that it? You'll like, know. No, no, you'll know. You'll know. You'll know. <laughs> I, my dad, my dad did the same. My dad came out from Ohio, and uh, was just, it was just kind of happenstance that he was here while that show was was going on, but which was great because he hasn't seen me do theater in I don't know twenty five years. So it was it was just cool that he got to be out here. And he came. My wife had already come a couple of times, and he came with her and my and my uh, daughter. And they were sitting there, and he oh sorry, he did the same thing. He was like. Well, where is he? Like, what is he <laughs> where is that? Is he doing that? Is he dancing? Like he was very confused. Yeah. And then Sam just kept telling my wife, Sam, no, 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 just, just wait. You will totally know when he's on stage. <laughs> no. You will know. And uh, and he was like, I. He said, I certainly knew. <laughs> yeah, you did light up the stage. It was. It was, it was so was, fun. It was. A, I think when the last time I was here, I think we had just started rehearsals maybe before. Yeah. And um, man, it was it was a dream role. It was like one of the things I'd always wanted to do since I was in high school. And never thought anybody would give me a chance to do it. And Gaudini over there at Moonlight, I auditioned and he he was just like, yeah, man, let's do it. And it was so fun. Um, it was a nice, of all the shows I've done, to just get to show up for 10 minutes and then go back and drink was yeah, yeah, no, great. Yeah. It was like, uh, they called the diva track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to maybe like six rehearsals uh, and really? It, yeah. Well, I mean, there was just nothing. I just did the song. You had a whole crowd you were working on yeah. stage. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the thing is, you know, the song I had down before I walked into rehearsals, it's the one song for the audition and for the callback. We had to learn half of it. So I already and I already knew that song. I just knew it. Um, so it was like that part we had down the choreography. I didn't do much. Um so really, the part for me that I needed was the audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I needed an audience because Steve wanted me to riff some. And I was like, I can't just riff to nobody, man. <laughs> yeah, like, I need yeah. to know what's going to work. And and he was, I mean, Steve over at Moonlight, Steve Gladini is just a, a, awesome. He's so fun to work with. And uh, so if you saw that show opening night, you saw me do it opening night, like to closing weekend, you would see two different shows because like i was like finally able to like come up with some more jokes see how the audience responded because that was the other thing was they were like is this sacrilegious are we doing something that's sacrilegious people were really worried and steve was like please don't do anything too crazy so it was just kind of finding that rhythm and getting used to everybody get the and get that whole the day the chorus the ensemble unbelievably talented group of people who were in the entire show it's the same like 10 people doing everything And they were so fun and they were like so encouraging because it's one of those things where you don't want to say something to screw them up, you know, like it, so look how like, he's grown. Cause yeah. we've really recently listened to your album, yeah. this yeah. restraint, yeah. this con- yeah. consideration yeah. of how yeah. other people might yeah. feel about something yeah. you it's say or maturity. do. It's called it's maturity. maturity. You've changed, man. Yeah. I know. This is what happens. You have kids and everything That's changes. Right. Yeah, you get perspective. Yeah. But they were, it was great. It was so fun. I'm glad you guys came. And, uh, but yeah, it was great. I, I think I even messaged you guys when you kind of let me know and I'll, I'll come out and have a drink because I would, I would during the first act, I'm not in the first act. So I literally grab a beer and just kind and sit with people fun, and watch man. the first deck. I just hide so nobody That's knew who I was. <laughs> and then I would go back and, you know, halfway through the second act, I'd come out and then I'd go back and have a little shot at the end of the night. It was great. I mean, it was so fun. Uh, well, we loved it. We were thanks, very so impressed. Yes. I did not keep the Crocs, though. That was the big bummer. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, I asked yeah. them. They said, we might need them again. I'm like, for, for what? Yeah. For what? Yeah, you were rocking Crocs. That's right. Yeah. Team Gold Crocs. Yeah. What are you going to yeah. need those for? But anyway. So you got a project you're working on now on the horizon? Yeah. So I just uh, I'm doing another show at New Village Arts. Um, and then also my album, my new album, Storytelling album. The last time I was here, it had just come out on Bandcamp. And it has since been released on uh, Apple Music. 
and uh, it's called I Didn't Start the Fire and Other Lies. And it is all stories I've told to drunks in bars <laughs> about jobs that I've held and people that I've met and how I've screwed it all up. Uh, it's always half my fault. Um, <laughs> at least half. <laughs> Sometimes all. Yes. Yeah, so, somewhere a little more than yeah. uh, half and that made it funnier. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm willing to admit uh, when so I'm wrong. It sounds like you, you seeked it out, right? You came to a realization at a certain point and you're just like, how far can I push this well, thing? I grew up, yeah. you know, yeah, I grew up uh, like a little punk, a little skateboard punk. I grew up in Claremont. So by law, I had to skateboard. And uh, <laughs> I grew up just hating authority and hating cops. And I, that never really went away. And so when people would try to tell me what to do in jobs, I'd be like, what? Um, why are you talking to me? Uh, and that comes through in the album. Uh, I get into a lot of fights with a lot of people. And uh, so, yeah, so we, we put that album out. And it, it, when it came out on Apple back in, uh, what is the month we're in? November. It finally came out on Apple, I think back in August. And... Um, and it was top five on Apple Music, which was fantastic. Uh, really, really cool. Had some really awesome people uh, retweet and message me about it. Patton Oswalt and Kyle Kinane. And, and it was uh, just like a really cool moment to have some people that you really respect uh, talk about how much they liked it. And so it came out and it went bonkers. And then, um, and then yeah, I kind of sat and now I have it coming out. I put it out again, but I'm putting it out with a little secret album. Um, so if you do buy the album on, uh, on Bandcamp, uh, then you will get a code to a secret album that will for free. It's your, it's, like a it's free easy for yeah, your ears. Yeah. 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 So you Dallas McLaughlin, my name dot bandcamp.com. And, uh, when you go there, I can tell when you purchase the album and you purchase it. I think I have it for like seven bucks. But you can pay more if you want. Yeah, oh, that's, yeah, that's totally true. welcome to pay yeah. more. Yeah. Uh, and if you do that, then yeah, you'll get a little code for a secret album called Secrets. Oh. And uh, it's my Fleetwood Mac parody album, uh, my response to rumors. And um, it's, uh, but it's it, like all stuff I've worked on since I was like 17. So there's bands I was in, the music that we've never released to the public. There was a, I was in a kind of a popular band that I tell a story about on the album Bad Credit. Yeah. Uh, there's songs we never released that I put on this little Secrets album. Uh, some punk bands that never saw the light of day, but we recorded songs. Uh, just a bunch of random stuff. There's 18 tracks on it. And, uh, Oh, it's a lot of secrets. Yeah. A lot of secrets. A lot of, secrets. Um, <laughs> a lot of stuff that's been sitting there yeah, for a while. Uh, or some of it I released that I was like, maybe yeah. I should take that down. That's, yeah. that's almost 20 secrets for seven that's bucks. A, that's a deal. That's almost, that's almost a that's, yeah. Well, in the business, like, we call it the old 20 for seven. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you can, uh, if you get it, I'll send you the code. And I was, my wife was listening to it yesterday and, um, as I was putting it up finally. And, and she was like, <sighs> yeah. and so that's why I know it's good. Yeah. It's Cause she was <laughs> embarrassed for people to hear yeah. it. Well, that that's actually you, you, when you're here, you talked about your mom, you talked about your grandfather. Um, you've talked about in some of your other comedy that we've listened to. You've posted pictures. It does seem like you were raised in a family. That's a gold mine for someone who wants to be a humorist. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, well, we were like a classic Irish Catholic family in every sense of the word. Um, and like a classic war world war two family. Like my grandpa was in, uh, he was in world war two. He was at Pearl Harbor in a submarine. Uh, he, I mean, he, he, the, his stories alone are endless. And I talk about him on the first album and, um, being around him in his later years was even more fun and I, at some point, I maybe I'll tell more stories about him, um, but I don't know if it's like 
right to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, but I mean, it's not bad. It's just, he was such an insane person. And, um, and my mom was like the polar opposite. Like she was also crazy. Tons of, tons of crazy, um, moments in her life where she just like, um, how do I explain it? It's almost like she wanted things to go wrong. So she's one of those people, you know, where please have something go wrong so I can complain about it. And it really informed me to just really sit back and just go with the flow and not try to cause too many waves until somebody tries to tell me what to do. Um, but she was like a gold mine of just being upset. Like she was the person who, if you drive around one, she would pray for a parking spot. Okay. So if we couldn't find the parking spot, she would out loud pray to God for a parking spot. And then the whole time just curse at every car <laughs> that took the spot or that got in her way. And we God would drive around. Her, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I love the idea of a God worried about your parking spot. Yeah, They're yeah. like, I could deal with Africa. No, these people need parking and they no, need it now. Mom, yeah, Lynn needs parking in Claremont. Yeah. And she, but she would just, I mean, oh my God. Like it was, she was just that. It was, oh, she was always at 11 nonstop. And it was just like, uh, the craziest way to grow up. I mean, she would just curse at everybody on the road and I find myself doing it now. Well, like I'm driving. It's, again, it's, it's called maturity. Well, it's, it's like, it was <laughs> I do one, it all the same yeah, thing. I mean, I'm driving in the car and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'll, yeah, you know, yell at the car in front of me. And then I have my daughter in the back and she'll be like, dad, yeah. They can't hear you. And it just flashes me back to when I was a kid saying that to my mom. <laughs> like, mom, they can't hear you. But she, and, and then you think, what if they could? You know, like, then that's a whole, now you're getting a lot more stories out of that, possibly a rap sheet. But my, uh, yeah, my mom was crazy. And, and um, I tell a story about her. Not, it hasn't, I did it already live, but I haven't put it out yet. I'm working on like an hour show about her because she, uh, she died of cancer back in 2019. And, uh, but she was diagnosed with, with pancreatic cancer and given six months. And then she lived another 10 years. And, uh, and that's just my mom though. She'd be like, you know, F you, <laughs> I'm not ready to go yet. Yeah. So you're you going to have to give me the parking on. spot. I'm not going, I'm not coming. <laughs> exactly. I got some parking to do. I don't can't die. Uh, but that's just my mom and she would, you know, there was no way that she, it was going to be six months. It just wasn't possible. Um, and so she got to experience some really wonderful things in those 10 years. So I tell a story about, that progression and what happened. And, and, uh, those last 10 years were my favorite with my mom because it was, I don't, we can't curse on this, right? I'm going to We can't. You well, can't. I can, well, she was just like, it was just like, he, he likes rules now. <laughs> I don't want to offend somebody, you know? yeah. uh, but she was just like, you know, fuck it. You know, like that was her last five years. Like it was just like, she had decided she wasn't going to do treatment anymore. And, and, uh, and it was just, I mean, she would, it, I, we went to the doctors one time now this will be in the show, but we went to the doctors one time and, and, um, she was talking about eating right. And she was like, well, you know, I'm trying to do this and get away from gluten and all that stuff. And the doctor just was like, Lynn, <laughs> do whatever you want. You can eat you whatever like a you want. Like literally he was like, you can drink, you can do whatever you want to do. Just do it. Yeah. And she goes, Oh, okay. And it was kind of a moment where you're like, 
Oh yeah, yeah. Like I, I can. Like yeah. I am dying. Yeah, yeah. And I can just, <laughs> and like from that point on, I would go to her house and she'd just have a whole cake. Like she, would like, she would just be eating cakes and like making cupcakes constantly. The kids would come over. She'd just make donuts. Like she would ne- There was never from that point on not a healthy item to be seen. It was just usually bread with mayonnaise. It just didn't matter. It was, it was amazing. It was so funny to watch. And it was, she was great. I mean, she was so funny. But yeah, there's a whole show I'm working on that'll be. I think you had posted a picture of a, a Christmas ornament that she had made. And you talked yeah. about at one point she just wrote on a on a Christmas ball, "I've got cancer. This is your gift," <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or something to well, that. She, I mean, there was she would do the. I mean, the putting a post on Instagram, which you can follow me if you want at, at Dallas McLaughlin. You Dal, should. Dallas McLaughlin. Uh, there's two S's in there. It's not a joke. My middle name is starts with an S. Um, <laughs> I guess it is a joke, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, there's an ornament. She used to make everybody ornaments for Christmas and ceramics, and she would paint them. And uh, I had one. The one I've, I we have a bunch. And then when I got married, and she only knew my first daughter, and uh, she would make everybody an ornament. My cousins, everybody got an ornament. It was like her fun thing to do. And so uh, there was a moment though where it was like. Again, the the cancer was there. No, more, there was just not a lot of trying anymore. And yeah, she would just it would be an ornament that she clearly got from like Michaels for ten cents, and that she would just puff paint your name, whether you could read it or not, and it would just have the year. And then there was like there you go. It was clearly just like I'm old and I'm dying. Here's an ornament, and uh, it was very these intricate. Like she she make, made one year. She made me this whole like Padres like baseball snowman thing. it was like this intricate thing and then like three years later it was just you know here's the thing don't break it like it was just it was very very funny but uh but yeah she was uh she was a great lady uh very very amazing person she'll get a whole hour she'll get a whole hour idea yeah. the one story i did tell about her um was uh people it, it, i i haven't put it out on an album yet because i did want to put it on a whole story a whole album of its own but uh, it was probably the hardest story i've ever had to tell and what i mean you guys have commented on it before what i try to do with my storytelling as a humorist <laughs> and i say that with an eyebrow so up uh, i almost <laughs> threw a scarf around my neck right? uh, oh is, is like i want to tell stories that everybody can relate to you know like everybody's had a parent with cancer or or a grandparent or uncle or aunt everybody's been through that. And so it's like how, you know, like I'm not trying to tell some story that people can't relate to. There's no point in that. There's no point in like making it bigger than it is. We've all gone through it. And, uh, and so that story that I told in particular, um, people really resonated with it. And, uh, it followed me for like a year where it was like, I couldn't do anything better than that. And it was, uh, kind of made me mad at my mom. (laughs) And then, uh, and, uh, and then, you know, finally I kind of figured out a way around it, but, but that'll that'll come out at some point. Uh, but that's you know, if you listen to the album that's out there now, it's not as heavy, uh, not near as heavy. But it's also like we've all had the shitty job, mm-hmm. we've all had the shitty boss, yep. and uh, I maybe just yelled at him more than other people did. <laughs> well, I think what I I appreciate it. So I I was listen, I've listened. You sent it over, whatever. It was two couple days ago. So I, that's all I've been listening to for the last day and a half. And Dang. and and uh, what I appreciate You're is the the, one. yeah, <laughs> no, it's the same as the previous. Any of the other ones I've listened to, I, I and that's I think where the humorous parts of it. It's it's how you see things, right, and how you look at things. Mm-hmm. And it's again with a sense of humor. You can find humor in in anything, right? And that yeah. that that's that's a gift. And 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 I think the the skill in it is is how you're able to convey that humor 
humor to somewhere else that then they find it humorous. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what I really appreciate you is, is when you, the, the, the take you take on things, you know, for whatever with me, it's like, Oh my, that's, that's the same take I would have had, I, or I, you know, or I wish I would have had, or, you know, and I don't have the guts to say those things or whatever to my boss or that kind of stuff. But it's like, Oh yeah, I've been in that situation. I would love to do it. So, but I, I was, here was my thing on it. I going through and listening to that. Is there a job you haven't had? That's the first question. Because right, right. <laughs> it's yeah. impressive. If Every you list, iconic San Diego job. He, well, and, big and, and small. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's impressive. The, the jobs you've had and the, the things you've done. And, 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 and not just, you know, I'm sure even beyond, but just in San Diego alone is, is pretty impressive. I mean, I, I'd say you're like a San Diego icon. <laughs> yeah, just nobody really knows Nobody it. knows you, yeah, right? Nobody you're, knows you're, you're, no, no, but they do. But like, if you ever went to SeaWorld, you sat there and you watched yeah. those guys that got the crowd ready to go and they yeah. probably saw you and that, that, those kinds of things or you listen to the to, to the radio uh, you know at, at any of those drive time times and mm -hmm. those things, they probably heard you at, yeah. at those point i mean it, it's uh um probably don't get enough credit for being a san diego icon <laughs> I, I don't you do when you come here and I, well you know but we still also, make you bring beer yeah but. No, that's fine I'm, yeah. <laughs> i wish every podcast made me be um but i uh yeah, I mean, it, there was a, there's a good stretch of San Diego history where I probably had my hand in most things, uh, and that was just pure um, ha like happenstance. I don't know if that's the right word. It was like coincidence that but you also make your opportunities. Yeah, right? well, I mean, like I've I've made it a point to never have a real job. Like I've never wanted a real job. I've been fortunate enough to not have to have a real job. Um, from an early age, I worked. You know, I I think I told you guys before we started recording. Like I grew up very poor. And I started working at 14. Like I just, that was what we did. You know, like you had to go out and make some money because that was how money was going to be made. My mom had three jobs. And um, so we just had to make money. And that kind of started me down that path of just constantly going, looking for new opportunities, looking for new things. And again, like my love is theater, being on stage. That's what I've always wanted to do. And so it was kind of like these other things I'll be just do as a side hustle or a side gig or whatever, because the real love is just, it's just paying for me to be in theater. Um, really. <laughs> um, but just somehow I got to do, I didn't have to work at Jack in the box, you know, I, like a lot of people who have to work at Starbucks or something to, to make those dreams come true. Instead, I wound up working in the radio, you know, it was just, and the SeaWorld thing is, um, I tell a SeaWorld story on the new album about, my time working at SeaWorld, which, uh, the best, honestly, the best compliment I've ever received ever, um, from anybody for any story I've ever told was, uh, somebody left a review or something that said the SeaWorld story, um, should be cemented in San Diego history, <laughs> yes. uh, which I'm like, that is like very cool to say. And one of the things you mentioned there, we chewed some of the same dirt. I also worked at SeaWorld in a less, Praised endeavor, food do? service warehouse. Food service. Okay, I made yeah. sure that the Shamu Stadium never ran out of churros. Love but, it. But, an important role. but growing up in San Diego, taking our kids oh, yeah. there, yeah. and then they, the setup for the the show, yeah. you'd be like, oh, here the part. These guys are hilarious. And yeah. then they change the setup. I'm like the other one was funnier, and oh, that's yeah. part of what you tell is like yeah. they yeah. keep making it dumber and dumber. Well, I mean, what's funny is like uh, first off, working at SeaWorld. When people go, oh, you work at SeaWorld, they'd only ask you two things. Oh, do you ride Shamu mm -hmm. or do you sell churros? That was the only two things <laughs> Boom. anyone ever I thought churros. anyone did at, at SeaWorld. Uh, yeah, I mean, they would change the show so often. Uh, every five years or whatever, they, they would change the show. And then it got down to like every two years because the show's ratings kept 
falling and falling. And so they kept trying to do more and more. And uh, in the early 2000s, I ended up writing uh, and directing a lot of shows at SeaWorld um, just because I had been writing and producing my own theater, uh, sketch comedy, live theater in San Diego. And SeaWorld people found out about it and they were like, oh, you can write scripts. Can you come help us write scripts? You're here already. And I was like, yes, please let me help you write scripts. <laughs> uh, and then that kind of forged this really cool, uh, probably like eight year span where I was writing and doing more. And uh, there's a show there called Pets Rule that uh, I wrote that show. Uh, I wrote a lot of the Sea Lion shows. I wrote a lot of the Halloween shows that we put in early on. And it was just like, I was just there and I knew how to, I knew the beats, you know, you knew the beats. And and if you go, every show is similar. There's always the same beats. It's just, how do you fill in between those and make it worth your while to watch? Um, but then they were just like, in the story I tell, they would bring in these bosses that had nothing to do with anything. <laughs> it was like if you, as that, the that churro salesman. That was also true in the food warehouse industry. End of the industry. The yes. guy, yeah. You bring in the cotton candy guy and he's going to tell the churro I guess guy I guess how to sell more churros. That's Listen, the, yeah. We're both sticky, but this is totally different. <laughs> yeah. No, they, there's the, like, it's, you know, SeaWorld for a long time and I don't know much about it anymore, but for, it's a corporation. It's right, a big yeah. corporation. And when I was there, most of the time, I would say the majority of the time I was there was owned by Anheuser-Busch. And although we did get free beer every month, that is, yeah. uh, we got at the end of every shift. And they, you should have worked in the warehouse. It was fantastic. <laughs> I mean, I remember going to like beer school, the beer school they had. And yes. if they found out you're an employee, they just gave you full cans of beer. There was no tasters for you. Um, it was great. But like they, you know, like it was yes men. Yes men and women, they would just get promoted. Didn't matter what you did. For a while, our vice president of entertainment was a guy who started uh, parking cars. That was what he did. Very nice guy. He was good because he knew, I don't know how to do these things, so I'm going to put people in the right positions, but he was a good leader and organizer. The guy I tell about in the, the story is, was a vice president who came in who was not those things. Uh, he had very tiny, little tiny experience in entertainment, and he just thought he knew what he was doing. And, and it was one of those things where you're like, what are you doing, man? Like, what, why would this works? What we're doing works. You, do you see the people laughing and having a good time at the Sealand Honor Show? Like, who would come in and be like, no. We're too gonna, much laughter here. Too much happiness. It's like a mean teacher. He's yeah. just like, everyone's grounded. Yeah. Um, and so he, yeah, he changed his show. And it was one of those things where you're like, and we, I mean, the, I mean speaking of somebody who brought their kids there or, went, or came, Man, the amount of vitriol and hate that we got from parents. What's wrong with the show? What'd you do with the show? Yeah, I was probably like, one of those. I wouldn't have said it to the performers. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have said. I would not have said it to the performers. But I would have said it. And the yeah. trainers, and we were like, we don't make the decisions, be man. Funnier. Yeah. Well, the best one too is when, as a performer, there was usually three or four of us that would do the show. My favorite thing was I was I was very dry. Uh, I was a very sarcastic, dry sea line performer. Whereas you had a lot of guys who were very wacky and big and huge. Right. And, and, uh, I talk about that in the, sh in the album as well, but you would get people who would come to the show. They would come all the time and they would come up to you right at the end of the show. You'd be waving goodbye. Hey, thanks for coming. And they'd be like, where's the other guy? He's better. <laughs> you'd be like, are you I'm asking me? Guy. Are you talking to me? I'm setting up the jokes. You can find your friend and bring him back yeah, here. Cause just, you get so mad. You're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, that you, like what I do is harder. <laughs> you just get so mad. You're like, yeah. it's such a mean thing to say. <laughs> yeah. And they don't care. They're like, oh, well, I paid my 70 bucks. No, once I 
one. I don't want you to give away the whole bit because they got to pay their seven dollars. Yeah. They're going to get twenty so secrets or eighteen yeah. secrets yeah. or yeah. something. But but I don't want to give everything. But one yeah. thing that's worth that, it though that I took out of it is that even mimes hate mimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Here's what. This is not in. I'll, I'll give you a little tidbit. This is not in the story, but there is a free a, secret. Uh, this is a free this secret. Twenty one. Yeah, this, this is, is track. Track. Twenty one. The unhidden track. Uh, <laughs> the we, secret off to the, the track. Yeah. We became mimes at SeaWorld uh, to do the pre-show. Um, so that makes more sense. Obviously, it makes sure. total sense. People <laughs> love mimes because there were still five or six people laughing. <laughs> as, I, as I say in the show, as I say in the story, no one has ever seen mimes and be like, "Hell yeah, yeah. never." <laughs> more mimes. No. But, I'm man. actually going to be say I'm a little guilty of. You're a big as a guy. child oh. thinking oh, mimes were pretty cool. Okay. There you go. Well, yeah. you're the one. I'm the one. The four. Yeah, yeah, I'm the one. I got over it. Yeah. I got over it. But <laughs> but we had a sound guy who ran the sound for the show who was a mime. <laughs> like a professional mime. He would go do shows on the weekend like Balboa Park and stuff like that. And big like, shows. Big huge shows. Big mime Five, shows. six people, yeah. huge shows. <laughs> but he was really good at yeah. being a mime. And he would come down and like he would kind of like show us some things. And I just remember watching him, like hating him. Yeah. Like, what are you doing that is entertaining? Like, I couldn't figure it out. He was such a sweet person, like a kind, sweet doing person. so wrong. But he was, and he was like so earnest. It's an invisible cube, you guys. It's, it's a like, cube. You, know, you ever like watch somebody, they're yeah. just so into yeah. it. And you're like, God bless you for being so into this dumb, dumb thing. Like, it's just, he, oh my God. Right. Uh, Joe, we need a beer. Yes. What, oh, what, do you want, what do you want to share with it's us, Joe? Beer. Joe brought beer. Um, so I brought this, uh, prankster because we were having that a humorist. Right. That seems right. <laughs> so seems right. Let's see what the prankster has to offer. Okay. I, I picked it for the name. So that's, uh, it's like how I, I, say how I bet horses. Oh, it's also your, a Belgian. Your, your, uh, your story there though about the, my, my fair one, I would love to have like, it just like been great to have a camera. The one where you're in the office, I don't want to give too much, but mm. how you walk, you walk out of the room by pulling yourself with the, <laughs> the rope. I'm just like, that's brilliant. Uh, uh, thank you. Thank <laughs> that's you. what I'm saying. That's where like, yeah, where I'm, yeah, I'm listening to you. Know, yeah. that's, that's brilliant. Like I would have like, in hindsight, I go, that's what I would have done. I should have done that, but you thought about it at the time, and yeah. it was like, Went out brilliant. on a high rope. Yeah. <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, when you have a complete lack of respect for the person that you're yeah. talking to, it's easy to, <laughs> to show them that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, the, like, I mean, I've had a lot of jobs, and I don't know why that is. I blame it on ADD, I guess, but um, it's just always been kind of one of those things where I worked at, you know, I worked at SeaWorld for years, and someone would see me and be like, Hey man, you want to come do this? And I'd be yeah. like, sure, why not? And then, you know, or like I, I was in a band and, and, um, in band after band. And then somebody would go, uh, Hey, like we went on tour with the Aquabats and the Aquabats were like, Hey, you can write scripts. Another thing you can write scripts. We're writing this show. Can you come help us write this show? Yeah. And then that went to another job and it's just kind of like leaning into these other things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And from my band, you know, we, our manager was, uh, this guy, Oh, who actually just passed away. Uh, uh unfortunately we had a huge, amazing tribute for him, uh, uh, just about a month ago now. Um, but he, uh, one of the most influential, like, talk about San Diego icons. Oh, is a San Diego icon. Um, but he, he want, he was going to go to 94, nine and be a guest on the local 94, nine. That's that. Like they, they wanted him to come in and just play music and talk and blah, 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 blah. blah. And he said, uh, I don't really want to do it. Uh, Dallas, why don't you, you and Matt go do it. And we went and we did it. And, uh, at the end of that shift, the guy, the station manager came over and said, you want to just work here? 
And I was like, <laughs> sure. Yeah, why not? Because then that's free tickets for every show right, and, you right, know, right, doing right. whatever I wanted. Just those kind of things, man. That, that uh, well, It seemed like a lot of, and I came through a bunch of stuff. It's it's that, how many people would say, no, I don't want to. So you're willing to take that step or put yourself into situations maybe you weren't comfortable with and just adapt and make them go. And obviously you have a, a natural talent. I, I would say this, though. Here's, here's the common theme that came through with all the jobs to me. And I think you even, you even stated it at one point in the uh, the story about bad credit is that, Initially, maybe you start off like, I don't really know. You're very irreverent about, the, I don't even know if I want to do this. And then it usually seems about when you start to care. <laughs> that's, that's when the job ends. So, and I think you talked about that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just when I started to care about it. And then it's like, oh, the wheels fell off. Yeah. I will. First off, I don't want to skip over the beer. Did you yeah, want to talk yeah, about yeah, the beer? Yeah, this is North Coast a Brewing Company up at Fort Bragg. Prankster, Belgian style golden ale. It's got that little bit of that mm. bubble gummy yeah. Belgian. Yeah. Not too, is, the, uh, too much medicine-y that you don't like. Tell a tale. No. My buddy Nick, one of my favorite Cheers. sports writers that's ever existed. Uh, he uh, This one of his favorite beers. He loves Prankster. It's quite good. I'm coming around yeah, on the Belgian really Goldens. Good. Belgian Goldens are yeah. good. Yeah. They just are sneaky. They're the, one of those beers that it's like... Oh, it's 8% and you didn't know, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Cause yeah. it tastes like so good. Yeah. Um, that's delicious. But yeah, I mean, the, uh, it's one of those things where, again, I think it's growing up, like, you know, growing up the way I did where, you know, everybody was fighting all the time in my house. It was always a constant, everybody was screaming at each other. And as the youngest person in the house, I just found a way to rise above it, if you will, by making fun of everybody. It was always <laughs> just, I have to make fun of all these situations. Because some of them were just downright terrible. But you have to be like this, you know, I'm going to make fun of this. I'm going to make fun of that. Uh, I just told a story that will be on an upcoming album um, about my sister. And uh, that was kind of a lot of the the kind of the craziness in my house. And based on like just not really trying to take anything seriously, that's kind of how I grew up. And then when you put me in a position where I'm supposed to take something seriously, really hard yeah. for me to figure that out. Um, and like, it started very early where somebody was like, I got a, I worked at Papa John's for two weeks cause they wanted me to actually deliver pizzas. And like, <laughs> that didn't make sense to me, to my brain. Like, waste of talent. why would I do that? And then I would do, I take a really long time cause I just didn't care. And they're like, you can't take that long. But like, why not? Like, who cares? You know, we're delivering pizzas. Like I just did like, a lack of respect for most everything. Uh, but then, yeah, like radio, um, and, and even in bad credit where it's like, we kind of have this idea where we want to just do something that is the way we want to do it. Like radio growing. I mean, you guys grew up in San Diego, like growing up in San Diego, like 91 X used to have these great DJs that were like very punk, you know, yeah, like mm-hmm. they just didn't give a shit. And like, I remember, uh, in the early nineties, there was a guy named Ross man who was on 91 X. Mm-hmm. I love Ross man, man. Like he would just come on and just be insane. Later I found out huge heroin addict <laughs> and was usually okay. high on heroin uh, while I was doing that. Um, but at the time I'm like, man, Ross, man, it was insane. It was so great. And like, I wanted to do that kind of stuff, you know, where I felt like they were honest and they, and maybe they weren't, maybe they were full, full of it. You know, I don't know, but, uh, it, it was just really it cool. Felt authentic, it felt though. authentic. Yeah. Yes. And so then when I got into radio, it was like 94, nine, I worked at star for, I tell a story about star, which was a nightmare. Um, <laughs> But then when 949, it was like, it was built around this. We're supposed to be honest and authentic about the music. And it was 60% of the time, but there was a, you have to play ball. You have to get people to mm-hmm. listen. And I say on the album, 
Like, I hate Sublime. Yeah, I, I, I need to talk to you a little bit about your hatred of Sublime. I, know, yeah. you, I mean, you, you send me a thing about what hill would I die yeah. on. Uh, in San Diego, I will die on that hill. Uh, Sublime is an awful band. Uh, I did a stand-up show one time in PB, and I opened the show by making fun of oh, Sublime. Oh. And I can't tell you how quickly an audience turned on me. That was the quickest an audience. Like, Pacific Be telling Pacific Beach kids that Sublime sucks... Um, it was a dumb move, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's like you have to play ball. You have to do what you want to do. And like, I just don't ever, I've never been okay with that. Right. Uh, and I feel like there's a lot of people who want to hear somebody being honest. And at that point, like I say on the album too, it's like, this was like mid 2000s, 2006, maybe yeah, 2004, 2005, that kind of time period when it's like people had iPods. Yeah. There's they didn't iTunes. Have to listen to why it. are you we're not taping the songs anymore? <laughs> right. We're not waiting for the song. It's like, why would you still call me and request a song? Like, what are you doing? Like, it was just the strrangest thing ever that somebody would do that to me. And also it didn't make sense to me that I spoke like now. People need to be felt heard. They do need to feel you're you are you're hundred percent right. That's all they want. That's all they would want. Is they be the ninth caller. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember when I would work overnights. You'd get the same two people calling you all night. <laughs> hey man, you gonna play my song? You gonna play it? Hey man, okay, I'll call back. All right, <laughs> a minute later, you gonna play it? And it was just oh, and it was nothing. It was like crazy. It was always a song we were going to play anyways. You know, but it was just the and most like sublime, insane thing. More sublime. Yeah, I mean, you gonna play that one sublime song? Yeah, we are. We totally are. You gonna play Social D? You yeah. bet. It's coming up. Uh, but it was just like such a weird transition and since they hired like we were bad credit was a, was a punk band we didn't sound like a punk band but we were a punk band and and so to hire me knowing that that was where i was coming from like that i didn't care about what you had you, to know what they were getting yeah like yeah. i didn't care about any of this you know like it, it, and i got paid 15 bucks an hour so I, it wasn't like the money was crazy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <that> <laughs> couldn't turn it down you know like i remember getting yelled at one time at, at 94.9 and I was like, what? I literally told my boss, what is it that's supposed to make me care about this? <laughs> <laughs> and that's then uh, this guy, Halloran, who's fantastic, yeah, Mike Halloran, Mike Halloran yeah. Halloran's still. He was uh, on 91X forever. Forever. Yeah. And he was yeah. the, one of the founders of 94.9 yeah. with yeah. Garrett. And and uh, I actually talked to Halloran the other day, but uh, Halloran literally goes, well, your paycheck. And I was like. My $30 paycheck? <laughs> like, are you insane right now? Uh, Can you hand me that imaginary rope? Yeah. I'm going to let myself yeah, exactly. out. <laughs> like, just like, that's not doing it, bro. That doesn't cover gas. Yeah. Like, uh, it was just, it, it was a very weird time in radio. And, and it was a weird time for me. And, and yeah, I just, I like to try to do things the way I would want them to be done. And that's not for everybody, but I still don't care. Right. Yeah, there was that, that theme. And then the, uh, which I know you and I both battled with early on in our teaching careers when your wit works at a certain speed, yeah. maybe not Dallas speed, at a no. certain speed. Right. You grew up in a sarcastic family. Yeah. You believe telling the truth is the right thing to do. And then there's that chasm between someone else's intellect to understand how witty and truthful we're being. <laughs> I call it, I teach my students the term sarcasm, uh, the, the enormous gap between my intellect and your ability to understand it. Um, this is really funny if you knew what I was yeah, saying. You can pick this up. I only appreciate And the two of you laughing, yeah. we're also getting extra yeah. credit, yeah. or as Dallas would call it, 20 bonus tracks. Yeah. 20 for seven. Yeah. yeah. 20, for seven. Uh, 20 for seven. That seems to be another part of it is, I got yeah. a truth to tell here, and I'm going to package it in a way that's witty, so you can at least be entertained and then that doesn't always work 
No, no, not at all. And I mean, it's like, but again, that's again how I grew up. My grandpa, my mom, uh, even my my step grandma, everybody was just very brutally honest to a point where you're like, are you joking? Because that hurts. <laughs> and then, but you, then everybody laugh about it. Yeah. You know, everybody have a good time. It was, it was honesty and it was, it was real and it was fun. Like it, it cultivated this uh, environment that we could all just kind of talk shit. And I, I mean, that's how we grew up. I mean, we just grew up just making fun of each other endlessly. And um, we like, and this is an old man Dallas talking, but <laughs> culture isn't really like that much anymore where it's Probably. not yeah. like, you're not really allowed to just make fun of somebody endlessly. No, and no, I think sir. that that's fair. Boss, no. I'm not, I mean, I'm not the guy who's like cancel culture. Cause I do believe there should be accountability, sure. <laughs> but like, uh, but yeah, it is different. And like nowadays, if I go to a stand up show, I mean, this happened years ago, but for the first time where I went to a stand up show and I was stand ups, man, we will just murder each other. Like, you know, it will be so, we can be so unbelievably cruel to each other and all for fun. Um, and you only would do it to people that you like, you would never go to somebody you actually thought was bad and just make fun of them. Never. So it was always with a, a, a grain of love. And I would, I did that to a couple of comics and younger comics and man, they were like hurt, crushed, yeah. angry, they came, they, that came for me on, on, on social media, you know? And I was just like, well, this is what we do to people we love. I was, like, yeah, I was this so is, confused, this is, this is how we express love. And I doubled down too. Cause I was like, I thought they were messing with me. I thought they were like messing with me. So I doubled down and went harder oh, and it was like, oh, I am digging a hole. And it, uh, it's, I, I wonder about that because we've certainly seen that not only in our classroom, but in, in families and, and our Co-workers oh. that, you know, especially post-COVID, that there's a, I don't want to say it's a sensitivity. I don't want to, I don't want to be you know, nasty about it, but certainly the ability to joke about oneself, yeah. uh, to, to give and take, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is not what it used to be. I'll just leave it out of that. And well, I was wondering right. if that's true for a, for a comedian. And you're at stand-up. You do a lot of set up the stage for, for yeah. people that are going on. Um is that true out in the crowds as well? I relate it to Where the people going to these things know what they miss it and they want it. Well, it, it, most of the people who go to a comedy show know what, know that this is a space that they're in. And if anybody like has a problem, I mean, there's also a responsibility to where it's like, we know better now. There's certain things like when we were all kids, we said certain things we would never say right. now, and it's for the better that we what don't say some of those. Let me have top five. A few yeah. more beers, and we'll start talking. Uh, that's track twenty. Uh, but it's like you know they. So there is a responsibility for comics to be you know instead of this like well I'm going to double down on like anti cancel culture and just be yeah. cruel. It's like come on, like we can all be smarter than that. However, go to a comedy show. There's going to be some things said maybe you don't agree with, maybe you don't like. You're there at the comedy. You're like, you chose to be there. You know, like nobody yeah. drug you, dragged you there. And then, uh, or maybe they did, but oh well. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, uh, when you're there also, like there is a level of, I, I do a lot of crowd work at shows and and uh, I used to do a lot of racial stuff. And that's because I grew up in a multiracial family. My sister was Mexican. Uh, my my nephews were were half black and and. Uh, uh, so that we, we just had my, my uncle was a homosexual. Like everybody was around. There was right. never, there was never a, a reason to think anything weird was happening. Right. This was the, our life from the beginning. So like, I feel very open and free talking about it. Cause it doesn't make me feel weird. And I, when I would talk to people in the audience and do racial things, 
I feel like they could sense that, that there wasn't any malice, that it was very open. And I would do a thing that, that Don Rickles used to talk about was like, make sure they're laughing, make sure they're having a good time. If you're talking to them and you're making fun of them and they're just staring at you, kill it, move yeah. on. Cause it's not going to work. Yeah. And like, and that was the thing that you would, you learn if you're doing it, if you're going to go to the crowd and start doing stuff that might be insensitive, you better make sure that they're all on your side and that you're not being mean about it. Uh, now on the other side of that coin, as I talked about my mom earlier, there was a moment where she realized like, I'm dying. So I'm going to do whatever I want and I'm going to react to things however I want. And I don't care what you think. <laughs> and I, you bring up COVID. I really think like during COVID, especially the early days when we didn't know what was what, you know, people were just dropping dead in China and you're like, oh my God, yeah. you know, and the whole, the, like a whole cruise ship died basically. Yeah. It's like everyone's scared out of their minds. Like we all collectively had this like near death experience yeah. where I think collectively we were like, hey man, screw this. Yeah. You know, like I'm going to say what I want and I'm going to react what, how I want, you know, like people quit their job. I think we might've came too hard at that because they, the, the backlash was now everybody's uh very sensitive. But that's about what I mean. Though. I think I think yeah. people got that. I think people got sensitivity from that, where they're like, "Hey, man, I don't like what you're saying." Right. Where it was just like this freedom to to fight back or fight on, like whatever you wanted to do. Everything just got louder and less. There was less time for for BS. And I, whether it's right or wrong, I mean, it's here. Mm -hmm. And and I think that like we all have to adapt to it. That's I mean, honestly, with the storytelling thing, it's it's one of the reasons why I really really enjoy doing that rather than stand up because I can sit down and I can write this story and I can really, if I have a point to make, I'm going to really take my time yeah. making it, yeah. crossing all the T's and making sure like everyone knows, like I just did a story about weight loss because I, I, I lost about 80 pounds and I did this story about it. And I was like, I can't, I, there's no way I can tell this story without offending somebody. Mm -hmm. It is impossible, but I'm going to do everything that I can to make sure that this isn't about like weight shaming right. or anything like that, because that's not what it's about. Right. This is my story and it's about health, you know, and I don't like, and, uh, and it was, it was hard. And I mean, I told that story, I told it twice in San Diego and LA in San Diego during it, it was received well, but halfway through a, a larger person got up and left oh, yeah. and I can't get mad at them yeah. because I can't figure out what, what they're going through. I don't yeah. know. Would love to talk to them afterwards, but that wasn't, you know, it wasn't an option. And in LA, the story went over horrible and I was yelled at by people hmm. who, who said I was fat shaming and all the other things. Okay. I just had to sit there and take yeah, it. I right, chose right. to talk about it. Yeah. I chose to put it out there and I'm not going to yell at them. That's not going to solve anything. Right. Uh, so it is kind of like, we can either learn and adapt or we can just be the old man yelling at traffic. <laughs> you know. I'm, I'm going to switch over more positive and, and you talk about this because uh, the, the whole thing about kind of meeting your heroes and uh, you tell the whole story about uh, Steve Martin, who obviously is just a genius, right? Oh, and everything God. he does, there's, the, I mean, it's, it's incredible. And you even talked about things that I probably wasn't even aware that he did within your, you know, stuff, but he is, he's, he's a genius. I mean, and, uh, I, I thought that was such a great story and I really appreciated how, how it kind of ended, how your, your interaction ended with him, because I could, I could put myself in that same situation thinking about like meeting your heroes and all the things you'd want to say, or to try and say, to say, you know, what they meant to you and everything else and how it was just kind of cool at the end. It was just like, 
thank you. And he mm-hmm. kind of just said, thank you. But so much in that, thank you. Yeah. I just thought that was a really neat story and, and really neat, uh, it, you know, it, it, how it played out for you. And then I thought the Paul Simon part was hilarious too, to it <laughs> as well. Yeah, yeah. But, but, uh, I, I saw that, that, that was like so much was packaged in that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And then I, how meaningful that must, I, I don't know, maybe what, but to, for him just to come back and say, no, no, thank you yeah, yeah. back. is just like, wow, that that's pretty cool. And to hear the whole story. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't start the fire. Seven bucks, yes, yeah, yeah, and thirty-two secret stories. It sounds like seven bucks. Go back home and add some more things to the story. Yeah, I didn't start the fire. Another lies on Apple Music, but also Bandcamp. If you buy it there, then you get a secret album. Yeah, we don't want to give away too much. I keep it up, but I loved it. I enjoyed it so much. I don't mind talking about the stories because there's each of these are ten to fifteen minutes long. There's a lot where we don't get into, but. I mean, yeah, I go into a lot about Steve Martin. Um, he is the reason that I started doing anything on stage. Him and West Side Story, those are the two things, are the only reasons that I started performing and, and being in entertainment. He is a genius. Like, there is just no way You, you yeah. talk about around listening to his time, and, and it's something I did, too, on his kid on the, on the, on the LP, it's listening to his timing, listen to his oh. inflection. Where does he hit the joke, and, and, and how long is that pause? And I'm trying to emulate that, and then recreate it for family and friends which was never very good but <laughs> yeah. but studying yeah. it to that level was was something you did at, oh, in, in your yeah. admiration of him i mean you you look it, when you talk about like the some of the guys who changed everything for comedy and he's one of them i mean he started anti-comedy which is now just comedy for most people <laughs> but i mean he he changed the game and uh you know his timing was one of those things he, a jo- he even has a brilliant joke about timing uh and it's it, he's Everything he does, I've I've never heard or read or any. I've all I have all his books. Nothing he's ever done, I've gone nah. Like it's just <laughs> all only murders is one of right, my favorite it's, oh, it's shows. Brilliant. It's great, such a great show. Yes. I just went and saw for my birthday last year. Uh, my wife got me tickets to go see him and Martin Short at the yeah. Shell. Um, you know, and that was great. Like it's just every bit about it is fantastic. And getting to meet him, um was something I never, ever thought would be a possibility. And um, the way that, and you can hear it in the, in the album, the way that it happened was so organic and natural and real that it o- it only plays to the fantasy level of it, right. where it's like you want that to be the way you meet right. your heroes. You don't want it to be like at a signing, right? you know? Uh, so it was just such a wonderful experience and then it's funny you bring up the ending. I was just talking to somebody maybe like two months ago about meeting heroes and because we met another guy. But um, the thank you, it meant so much to me. And I always wonder how much it meant to him because yeah. I wonder if it just was, no, no, thank you. Just yeah. as like a little yeah. Yeah. wink and yeah. see you later. Yeah. And it didn't mean anything to him. But to <laughs> me, it was like. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, God. You know, like it was just like such a Don't moment. Don't think about it too much. <laughs> it meant whatever you needed it to mean. Like, I, I mean, I'll take it to the grave. You know who's not going to thank you from Steve Martin? Right. The rest of us. So, yeah. I mean, it's, well, I mean, on my gravestone, I might just say thank you, Steve Martin. Um, but it was, uh, it was such like a great moment. And he is, you know, like we talk about comedy and humorous and, 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 and like at the end of the day, Comedy and perform being in, even being in theater, you know, doing theater, it's a very lonely gig. And um, we joke about it all the time. We're doing shows. When you do shows, it's like the people you're doing shows with, they're your best friends. And then the moment the show's over, you don't talk to them ever again. Yeah. And it's true. Like everybody in Jesus Christ Superstar, 
uh, you know, we hung out constantly. I maybe talk to one of them now. And if we do another show again, we'll hang out together every day. Like, well, I love you. I love you. And no animosity. Everyone gets the, gets it, you know? Um, it's just how it is. And it's a very lonely experience. And to see that in Steve Martin, that he still understood that, knew that, and just wanted to hang out and talk comedy was like, man, like it's just, and I'm a comedy nerd. So it's like, even the, the story starts with me doing a weekend with Norm Macdonald. And that was the premise for it. And even alone, that alone was like, never thought that was possible. And Norm Macdonald's a student of comedy. So we literally would just sit for hours. We would go out after shows and drink coffee at uh, Brian's 24 next door to the club. And we would just talk about like Fatty Arbuckle, you know, like, and who does that? It, me and Norm Macdonald <laughs> and his opener, Sean O'Connor, his feature, Sean O'Connor, who's a brilliant writer. Uh, would just be miserable. He hated it. Uh, but it was like, I, we couldn't, you know, so it was like to have Steve Martin come and want to talk about comedy as well. And then the fact that Paul Simon hates my guts is just like, <laughs> it was just a wonderful just, balance I, to that experience where it was like cloud nine and then, oh, Paul Simon hates me. Yeah. Like it was, it was very, very interesting. But yeah, that picture of me and Steve Martin is my profile picture on Facebook, has been since the day after that. And my wife is like, We've been married. We've had kids. Yeah, yeah. You're never going to change it? No, yeah, no, no, never. No, never. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> but yeah, that was one of my, one of the greatest moments ever. And I have since reached out to C. Martin on Twitter. No reply. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Sorry, that was the one time. Okay. <laughs> you know, Doc can't be here. Big plans. San Diego State basketball. Uh, but he did send a beer or not a beer. Right. If you're in for a game, Dallas. Oh, I should have a beer. Game, I should have a beer, though. We have a beer, so we do a beer, not a beer with a beer. Yeah. Okay. I, that's... So I keep hitting the mic, man. I'm sorry. You're going to have to do some really weird editing. <laughs> All right. Mopeds in Milan. Oh, nice. Italian-style Pilsner by Lost Abbey. Oh, Lost Abbey. Nice. Lost Abbey. You sent me those questions about the hill. Let me know if you ever want to talk about we, those. We, we are? Because I We're going to save them I'm because really... that, that's my little way of getting you back in here. I'm very interested to know what you guys think about one of them. <laughs> yes. Well, let's plan that. But let's save, save that. Save it. I'll let's come back whenever and drink beer. This is what I would be doing at home anyway. <laughs> oh, wow. That's really good. That's fantastic. It's an interesting, it's a tongue style, but it's got a little more hops to it than you're mm -hmm. thinking of the uh, Peroni or whatever is your typical Italian Pilsner. And Dallas, you did get us on a, quite a run of fall brewing beers. Mm -hmm. You started that. Oh, yeah. I just, to, uh, cheers. Oh, cheers. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. I just went to uh cheers. I just went to fall a couple a couple weeks ago because yeah, they they're next to Whistle Stop where they we do a lot of storytelling shows. And um I got a new hazy IPA from them called uh Enjoy Yourself, uh made for Terry Hall and the specials. And uh it's really good. It was my Halloween walking beer. That's, that's a good <laughs> it, was, it was everyone a good should open one. those. Yeah. yeah, it was great. There's no better way to get around a beautiful city like Milan than on a bike. Sure, you may miss a thing here or there, but that's just extra motivation to go back. That doesn't make sense. Enjoy our take on the Italian Pilsner clean and refreshing with just enough of a hoppy bite to remind you we made it. Lost Abbey. I really like Mopeds that. Mopeds Milan. That's delicious beer. It's that's clean, crisp, but it does have it has some, some hop. Some, some it's hop better food. than Peroni. Yeah. Oh, much better Peroni. Yeah, it's like mm. a better version of Peroni. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard to imagine. Yeah. Yeah, I like Moretti. Moretti's probably Moretti's my favorite good, Italian. Yeah, that's a good one no, as well. No, those are not good. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I thought stand. we were telling that's the truth there. Yeah. That's a beer hill I would die on. You don't like Moretti? <laughs> no. 
Well, there's no, a time. No, well, do you remember no, when no. beer, we remember when we didn't have all these options? Yeah. And you would go to like, you know, some nice Italian restaurant and they would have Moretti and Peroni. We live in San Diego. When did we not have these options? Oh, come on. You know, the early 90s, there was not. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll, I think right. I had a Peroni oh, a couple months ago at okay. an Italian restaurant. Right. That's all they had. One of my favorite. All right. uh, okay. It doesn't. We don't. No. All right. I don't want to make you <laughs> mad. I feel like I just, I feel like you just got very angry. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right if you like it. I, people don't have to like the same it's stuff not, as me or just uh, like well, the same thing. That. I wouldn't go to the store and be like, can I get can a Moroni? Right? Yeah, yeah, I would just say In the field, if I go to a restaurant, right? it's not good. That's fair. You're like, how do you feel about But like, if you go to Chow's out here yeah. on the back end of Vista, which Joe and I went, yeah. uh, they have some Ado- Italian amber yeah. and a Pilsner on tap. Yeah. I don't remember the brand, but it was, but it was quite good. It was good. I went to since the last time. Sorry, you have a thing. No, we go ahead. Say, well, since yeah, the, since we've last talked, I think. I think. Yeah, maybe. I went to Scotland. Oh, mm. I think since the last time. Yeah, since the last time we talked, I went to wow. Scotland for for like half of June. We were there. Wow. And uh, I made it a point to drink everything, <laughs> and um, we we went all around the the uh, mainly the Highlands. But um, oh man, they have some really great beer, like really great beer. Um, and and I didn't know they were a huge cider town. And I'm not usually a cider person, but, um, but wow, like their ciders were legit. You know what I mean? Like it was like, mm-hmm. you can either have a cider that tastes like a cider or you can right. have a cider that tastes like alcohol with some cider in it. Yeah, and right. there was, was like alcohol with nice. some cider. Yeah, no, recently had one of those. And their gin is really good too. I didn't know they were a big gin country, but, uh, but we had gin made from water of the Loch Ness. And it was, really? uh, yeah, Ooh, right out there. That's a little very cool. Distillery cool. right off the, the water there. And it was. Very cool. Anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt, but no, that's we were talking about Italy. It made me think of Scotland. Yeah, that happens every time. It. Yeah, <laughs> you're trying to back off the the beers that aren't Moretti the Peroni, Peroni being good. Crisis. Being a, <laughs> wow. it's not good. I love how mad you got about that. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. <laughs> Dallas, I'm not mad at you right now. I'm dis- I'm mostly disappointed in talent. He knows better. Can you, do you have a bad, he was just like, trying to be agreeable. I think I'm gonna bring Peroni to our other podcast. Oh, going up. Yeah. Next time you come to Moonlight Show, I'm in. Bring a Peroni. Yeah, we're gonna we're have a time. all drinking Peroni. If it all if it's all there is to drink, you all know that I would drink it. And that can't be said for every. Beer, but fair. I would drink that this. Okay. Fair. All right. Uh, Doc along. Beer or not a beer? Poppiest game show on earth, I believe he says. That is. Uh, Dallas, great. don't know if you played this before. There's, we didn't play this last time. No, no, no. Name four beers. Okay. Uh, three of them are real beers. One beer Doc made up. I have the answer key, so I will uh, abstain from playing. Uh, but he did listen to your your stuff, so these are all beers based on mimes. <laughs> okay, I love this. Wow. All right. All right. So here we go. So four beers, three are real beers, one Doc made up uh, while pulling an invisible rope. Beer number one, don't mime if I do, a French toast stout. Don't mime if I do. Beer number two, mime your own business, an IPA. Mime your own business and IPA. Beer number three. Mimes shoot blanks. A pilsner. Mimes shoot blanks. And beer number four. Great mimes think alike. A hazy IPA. Great mimes think alike. One one is fake or three are fake? One is a fake beer. Don't mime. Beer number one. Don't mime if I do. Beer number two. Mime your own business. Beer number three. Mimes shoot blanks. And number four. Great mimes think alike. So Dallas, which of those beers... Is not a beer. Oh man! 
Okay. I'm having to, the one thing that a lot of craft brewers do wrong is puns. <laughs> so what, so like I initially my brain goes to mimes shoot blanks but I'm like nope somebody would have been like that's hilarious that's yeah I'm gonna say the fake one is don't mime if I do don't mime if I do that's the French toast okay one. Joe great mimes think alike great mimes think alike the hazy IPA and talent uh, I'm gonna go with mime your own business. Mime yeah, your yeah. own business. IPA. We all picked a different one. Mateo is going number four. Great mimes think alike. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, don't mime if if I do. A French toast stout is from Epicure Brewing. Ah, that was a real beer. All right. Great mimes think alike is from Dot and Line Brewing. Mime shoot blanks is from Rebels and Lions, so mime your own business own is business. not a real I think that bear. Might be the first time I've gotten one right in like two years. Yeah, yeah. That see, that's almost too good of a pun for me. It is. Just like, oh, that is yeah. dead on. Where yeah. was that one from? That was made up. <laughs> from, oh, sorry, that was, was that, where was the third one from? Mime shoot blanks. That was from Rebels and Lions Rebels Brewing. And Lions. Yes. That's actually yes. a great name. The number two yeah. was made up from Doc's bidet. <laughs> That's where he usually does most of his thinking of this of this work. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for playing. Beer or not a beer? Feeling pretty good about myself right now. Um, <laughs> all right, so Dallas, uh, real quick here as we finish up, uh, next shows. What's coming up for you? December 9th, we are doing a storytelling show at Public Square Coffee Shop in La Mesa. Uh, at night, so we'll have beer. They have beer there. Oh. Uh, yeah, and they're doing pizza that night as well. They, have Ooh, a, they okay. started a doing... Pepperoni and a pepperoni pizza? <laughs> Sounds delicious. <laughs> they're doing really great. They do really great pizza there. Um, but yeah, Public Square in La Mesa, right in the village. Uh, I think the show is at 8 o'clock, and uh, it's called Story Punks, and we do it through So Say We All, and it's like kind of like a best of show. So every person who's there, the, the story they've told is tried and true, um, and it's a short night. There's five storytellers. I host the night. So I start with the story and then bring up the other storytellers and, uh, we just do five and then you're out and you're, it's like an hour and Sounds great. Great. yeah, it's like an hour and change. That's yeah. what, I mean, we, the other storyteller shows are great. They're fantastic. Not like this but, one though. Well, <laughs> December <laughs> well, you know, night, La Mesa. you're there for the night. This one, it's like, you're coming into the village, going to have a beard, maybe two, maybe I'll have a cup of coffee, see five stories, go get dinner, you know, or vice versa. Um, but I it's they had pizza there. They do. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm have dinner there. Then. But, they, but, but Public Square is great. I don't know if you've ever been to Public Square in La Mesa. Uh, Aaron Henderson, who owns it, great guy, loves La Mesa, loves the community. Really turned the village around. I always say that Public Square really brought the village back to life, um, and they are very supportive of all the businesses in the village. So it's not like they want your money. If you wanted to go get dinner somewhere else, they would be like, they actually just sent out like 25 percent off to a new barbecue place that opened in the village because they want people to come to the village and support a village. So anyway, December 9th, eight o'clock, it's free. You come five stories. I'll be there telling a new story, uh, opening the night up and then, um, have a beer, have a cup of coffee. And then also then in next year, uh, I'm doing a show at new village arts called the 39 steps. It's a very, very crazy, weird take on an Alfred Hitchcock film where four people play all the parts and, uh, and we'll be doing that in April throughout like half of March and, and most of April. 
All right. So and how do people find and follow what you, you what you have going on? Uh, Instagram is probably the best place at Dallas S McLaughlin. So at Dallas McLaughlin <laughs> on uh, Instagram, and uh, I have a website too, uh, Dallas smclaughlin.com. So dallasmclaughlin.com is where you can find me. Uh, but Instagram is where I'm probably posting stuff more often. The website, there's just so hard to keep. I don't know if you guys have a website, but man, they're so hard to keep up ours, with. Ours is brilliant. I like beer, the podcast.com. Check for yourself. I'm I'm on Twitter too, or X or whatever it's called now. But, uh, and I guess I tweet, but mainly I just tweet about the Padres. So it's not really (laughs) useful there. And Um, one more time, where do they get your album? They get my Apple music. Uh, uh, it's called, I didn't start the fire and other lies. Uh, it's on Apple music, but also it's on Bandcamp. just my name, dallasmclaughlin.bandcamp.com, or just go to Bandcamp, search my name. Uh, and, uh, if you buy it off of Bandcamp, uh, then I will give you a code to a secret album that has 18 tracks of mainly music, some comedy, uh, no stories, <laughs> but it's all stuff that I never really released to the public. The good stuff. The good stuff. stuff. The stuff yeah. my wife went uh, about. Perfect. So that's the, that's the good stuff. But yeah, uh, that's where you can find me and, and come to a show or, you know, I don't know, come to a show and then buy me a beer. There's nothing yeah, like you know, live performances of sure. stuff. Yeah. I just absolutely love a live performance. It's the best. It is the best. Uh, I, yeah, I don't, I, you know, I've been, I've been very fortunate to do t- commercials and some TV work and stuff. And I get so bored. Oh, I just looked December 9th. I There's a sublime cover band. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we already have tickets for it, Jeff. Not to burst your bubble, but every night there's a sublime cover band in San Diego. <laughs> Dallas S. McLaughlin, thank you for sharing your time, your stories, your beer with us. Thank cheers. You. Oh, yeah, cheers. Cheers. Thank you, everybody. Thanks yeah. for coming in again. Listeners, thank you for spending the time with us. Remember, just a moment, rate us, review us, wherever you get our podcast. Check us out on Instagram or Twitter. Visit our website, ilikebeerthepodcast.com. We'd love to keep drinking, but right now, we got to run. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run. All we need is a 10 and a 5 or a car and a key and a sober driver. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run.